Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shannick. And I'm Corey. And we're so thankful that you're joining us today. We have a great episode planned today, and we're actually back in the recording studio. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, we actually took the entire month of July off. We pre-recorded those messages. It was a great time. It was good for uh, for us to just let you hear where the staff's at, some journeys they've been on. Um, and not just that, that was in June, but July, we actually had guests, our friends yeah. with Benefit Series, and hopefully you enjoyed that. But I'm actually excited to be back. Yeah. We're back in the studio. Kids are back in school. First oh week my of school gosh, routine is amazing. Some of our listeners might be shocked that we just said that because if you live in Southern Indiana, kids started school this week. Right. Yesterday. Wild. As we're recording this. But we would love it right now if... If you enjoy this podcast, if you get something out of this podcast, if you would leave us a review, that that really helps us to know that what we're doing matters and is important. Mm. Uh, we love the people that have already left a review. Thank you so much. And for those of you that haven't, yeah, just do it. Just one time. Just make us happy and or do that. share it on your socials. Text it to a friend. This week's question of the week is a, is a fun one, especially since Let's my wife it. just gave birth a couple of we- <laughs> uh, months ago now. I've got a 12-week-old, 12, 12 12-week-old. Brand new little baby boy. Question of the week. Your wife is in labor and you're rushing her to the hospital. You get in a cab because apparently you're in New York City. Okay. But surprise, it's cash cab. Do you play? Um, (laughs) You like on the way to the hospital? (laughs) On the way, water broke. (laughs) 100% I play. And not only do I play, like, okay, you have to also understand that, man, cash cab was my jam. Like- I would, so this is back in the day of DVR where you had to like set the DVR to record. Oh, yeah. Cash Cab was one of the only shows that I actually made sure to record so I can go back and watch it. Isn't that crazy? I freaking and loved they're it. Still, they're still rolling. And not only would I play, when we got to the hospital, if I wasn't finished, like if I had a long question to answer, I would take my time you're and on answer your, it. You're on your own, babe. Yeah. Hop on out. <laughs> I mean, someone's coming with a wheelchair or something anyway. Like she'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, she's had four. So, I mean, what's another one? <laughs> Another one. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, we just answered this as such guys. Oh, our, our women listeners are going to be rolling their eyes like, oh yeah. my goodness. Cause my so what about is, you? What is, is it? Oh yeah. Heck yeah. yeah how, do you, how, you do play. You, how do you not play? Uh, I'd play cash cab and miss the birth of my child because it's cash cab. <laughs> yeah, I know. You got to. Oh man. oh man. What a fun question. We hope you enjoyed that. So anyway, last week with Bishop Jamie, he said something during that podcast. It was actually very subtle. And I'm not sure if any of you as our listeners picked up on it, but after he said it, Corey and I both picked up on this phrase that he said, and we just thought it was just important to do an entire episode on it. And basically he mentioned the idea that there is a difference between being biblical and being Christ-like. Yeah. And ironically, some people think that this conversation is controversial or it's a controversial topic. But I believe today that as we unpack this, you'll be able to understand the difference and why it is so important. In fact, one of my favorite things that I've personally learned from Bishop Jamie, especially is around this idea, and I've said it before on this podcast, is when you're interpreting scripture or there's controversy or there is actually a controversial topic and you're deciding, okay, what to believe, you know, there's even things in academia, Christianity, where Uh, different views are accepted because you just won't necessarily know the answer. And Jamie always says this. He says, when studying the scriptures, interpreting, or figuring out what you believe about a specific topic within Christianity, pick the one that looks the most like Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's so key and critical. Pick the one that looks most like Jesus. And actually, for those of you that have been following us in our journey, if you actually 
are interested in the topic today and really want to lean in further, you can actually go back and listen to our Deconstructing Old Testament Violence. I believe it's episode 48. Mm -hmm. And we talk about it more there, but we thought we would really unpack it on today's episode. Yeah. And Andy Stanley says it this way. He says, the foundation of our faith is not an inspired book. We believe because of the event that inspired the book. Hmm. And that's just a great quote. Yeah. If you was never, that out of Irresistible? I think it was. Man, if you're not, so good. If you've never really heard the conversation that we're going to unpack today, I think we're going to give you language for you to better understand even what that means. Because uh, once you say a phrase like that, you'll always have people that aren't actually listening be like, well, you're, you're saying that the Bible's not inspired. Yeah. And that's not Which is what not we're what saying. we're saying. And really try to listen into exactly what we are saying. Yeah. Because you can walk away from this conversation and you can be like, oh, Pastor Shannon and Corey, they don't you know, really value scripture. They don't really believe in the Bible. That is, that is not at all the case. Right. I mean, I can, I don't want to say I can guarantee you, but I promise you, like, I know because I've seen Corey's Bible as well. Like our Bibles are marked up, studied, I love read. It. I love the Bible. Like we absolutely love the Bible and the stories, but really we love it because of the event that it talks about. And yeah. that's exactly what Andy Stanley's, Andy Stanley's quote was exactly about. Yeah, because a lot of people are like, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Bible. And they put the Bible on this pedestal, mm -hmm. and the Holy Bible points us to a person that should be on a pedestal. The Bible should not be in that pedestal. In fact, the Bible is not the final authority in your life. I was uh, creeping on some church websites recently, some local, some not, and it, it, whenever they have like what we believe or whatnot, you always, if you go to the Bible, they'll they'll say something like, I believe that the Bible has, is the final authority in the life of a believer. And people will preach this. People will talk about that. It sounds right, even listening. And by, by what I'm about to say, you're going to be like, oh, I can't believe Corey's going to contradict that. Well, here's how I'm going to contradict it. The Bible is not the final authority in your life. The Bible points to a person and his name is Jesus, and he is the final authority in your life. And Jesus even told us this when he was talking about, uh, or when he was doing life and they right. recorded it is there is no life in the Bible, but the Bible points us to the one who does give us life and it's him himself. Right. Cause actually John five, this is Jesus. He actually says this exact phrase. He says to people that are, let's say they're Pharisees that are in religion, follow the old covenant mosaic laws. And he said, you study the scriptures or we would say the Bible, mm -hmm. the old Testament portion of our Bible, right? You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. And I love that he says, because you think that, mm -hmm. because these are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So basically he's saying, you refusing to come to me for life, you're going to the scriptures, the book, the Torah, the prophets, but they don't contain life because I am right the way, the truth, the life. Mm -hmm. And so, man, it, it's so important that we understand that, that yeah. the final authority in our life is Jesus. Yeah, and you can you can find out about life in the Bible, but it's pointing us to life. His name is Jesus. This is even shocking if you haven't thought about it this way. Jesus even said things that contradicted the scriptures. Yeah, he did. This is why when Jesus was on the scene, oftentimes with the religious leaders, he would say things exactly like this. You have heard it said, and then he would quote scripture, yep. and then he would contradict it by saying, but I, I say to you. Yeah. And in fact, I'm actually going to put you on the spot. Our oh, listeners no. don't know this. <laughs> there are I don't know six this. specific instances that I have notes on. I'm going to see if you know them where oh, Jesus man. specifically contradicts Old Testament scripture. Corey's getting ready to embarrass me right now. Possibly. I'm not going to know any you of You ready for these? I don't gonna, know. I'm I probably gonna, will know some. How we're going to play this game is I'm going to give you most likely the Old Testament 
phrase, and then I'm going to ask you See to how tell it's me contradicted how contradicted Je- by what Jesus? Jesus did say to contradict it. Okay, you ready? I won't ever be able to give the exact phrase. I don't know. We'll okay. see. Let me display I'll, the game. I'll help you out. Let we'll me see play. how good you are. I'm nervous. The first one is this: According to Deuteronomy. God commands his people to swear in his name. In Deuteronomy 6.13, he says, You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. But Jesus says to swear, that to swear is what? Oh, man. I I mean, of course I know to swear is wrong because that's a contradictory statement. That ain't what he said. Um, Man, I know it's around like let your yes be yes, but this isn't starting off well. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> You're pretty good. Matthew 5, 37. Jesus said, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. So in other words, he says that to swear by anything is from the evil one. Oh, okay. A direct contradiction. Okay. Number two. I was close, but hey, I got it wrong. I'll give you 50% correct. No, nah, no. Nah. The Old Testament wrong says that God's people should show no mercy and practice an eye for an eye in their form of justice, according to Deuteronomy 19, 21. But Jesus contradicts this directly by saying what? Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Matthew 5, he says, uh, basically, um, I think he calls us to turn the other cheek and yep. to go the extra mile. Yeah. Hey, Matthew 5, 38 and 39, you know it as eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but I say unto you uh, that if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the, turn other, the other one, one. to them also. Yeah. I think he says it in Matthew 5, 43 through 48. He talks about, uh, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them. Yeah. That curse you. Yep. That's a good one. Right. Number three. One for two. The Old Testament teaches that adulterers should be put to death without exception in Leviticus 20, verse 10. Yeah. Oh, How does Jesus one, contradict Of course. This? He meets with the adulterous woman, and everyone come out came out to stone her, and he says, you know, you um, that are without sin, cast the first stone. And they left from the oldest down to the least, and he gets up, restores her, redeems her, and says, basically, you're loved, and there's nothing you can do about it. No, Pretty much. Real, but that's pretty much the story. Pretty much. I love in that, even in that story in John chapter eight, as you said it correctly, was that he said, uh, your scriptures, they, they asked him, what what should we do with this woman? And he knew they were trying to trick him because according to the law, they right. should have stoned her. Right. So he contradicts the scripture. Number four, the Old Testament commands that no one do any work on the Sabbath, according to Deuteronomy 5, 14. Um, you according know to Matthew 11, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That word there, rest, is another form of basically a Sabbath rest. So I would say that Jesus, he as the person, um, as a person, and the Son of God would be known as the Sabbath. Like the Sabbath isn't a day, it's a person. Basically, that's what I'm that's trying to say. That's a good answer. I'm going to accept that answer. That's not what I have written down. <laughs> Actually, this is maybe shocking for you. No one breaks the Sabbath more than Jesus. In Scripture, Jesus oh, of course. breaks the Sabbath more yeah. than any other person. Yeah, he heals people on the Sabbath. He feeds his disciples on the Sabbath. They question, why do you do these things on the Sabbath? Oh, man, yeah, of course. In fact, there are over a dozen examples yeah, of Jesus directly sure. breaking the Sabbath. The one I'll give you is John 5, 8, 9, when he tells the guy to go pick up his mat and walk, which leads us into number five. Right after healing the man on the Sabbath of going and picking up your mat and walking, Jesus goes one step further and he commands this man to break the Sabbath too. And we know this because Leviticus or Jeremiah 17 verses 21 and 22, the command of the law literally says that no one should carry any burden on the Sabbath. Well, I think you already gave me the answer then. Then he actually healed the man and says, rise, get up and carry your mat. Yeah. Right, because he I said, do you, you want to be made whole? And he says, yes. He goes, get up, carry your mat, and walk. I, I and he got up, he was healed, and yeah, he carried the mat. I lost my mat. track in my notes, and I gave it to I'll, you I'll, Hey, I needed that But one. the crazy thing about it is in John 5, 10, 
the Jewish leaders of Jesus's day understood that this was in direct defiance of the specific Old Testament command. And yep. the, the John 5, 10 literally reads, and so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and the law forbids you to carry your mat. Oh my God. The mat that Jesus told him to carry. See, this is what we're talking about. This is why it's so important for us to have this conversation and know the distinction because they knew the scripture, but man, they missed the savior. Oh, that's good. They quote really of, did. They, they Here, did because. Last one. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. I'll stop. Not only this, but when Jesus famously declared that God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, uh-huh. according to Matthew 5, yep. 45. Yeah, everyone. This is in direct contradiction to what Old Testament law? Um, I know it's some, I don't know it exactly. I know it's something to do with um, basically when you're in covenantal relationship with him and uh, basically following out the commandments, he will bl- have a blessing on you and favor on you and your fields and your farming and your livestock, something like that. But yeah, I don't know exactly. Exactly. It. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. The whole chapter actually talks about it, but I want to read this one portion so you can actually hear us say it. It says this, quoting Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you obey the Lord your God and faithfully keep all his commands, then he will send rain in season from his rich storehouse in the sky and bless all of your work. But if you disobey the Lord your God and do not faithfully keep all of his commands and laws that I'm giving you today, then no rain will fall and your ground will become as hard as iron. Instead of rain, the Lord will send down dust storms and sandstorms until you are destroyed. Hmm. Real scripture. Jesus literally contradicts it when he says God sends rain on the right, righteous and unrighteous or depending on what translation. On right. the just, so he's not like unjust. withholding rain yeah. if you mess up. Yeah. Which is what, like, the Old Covenant taught. Uh, I would say that a lot of people still live in their relationship with God as to why they give, because they don't want to be cursed, or not because they just want to be a blessing, or because they believe in what giving does. Right. Uh, a lot of people do a lot of church deeds yeah. or Christian they live, deeds. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast. They live in mixture, right? They they live following two different covenantal systems, the Mosaic Law, but also they want all the freedom and grace of the New Covenant, right? But they try to live out because people just want to be told what to do. And if I follow these set of rules, then I'll be blessed. Or if I mess up, I know I'm going to be cursed. For some reason, people like to live under that. I don't know why, but it's crazy to think about. But this is why this conversation is so important. This idea of biblical versus Christ-like. Yeah. Because before you explain what I know you're about to explain, you have to ask the question, like, what does this mean? Okay. We just gave you six places where Jesus contradicts the Old Testament scriptures. But remember, we've talked about this on the podcast before, and if you're a part of Hill City, we talk about this all the time, is John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus is the Word of God made flesh, which means whenever you talk about the Word of God, it's not talking about the written Bible, even though we've, in Christian culture, been trained that. Jesus is the living Word of God and has the authority to correct the written Word of God. And that's where some people are like, whoa, you got to be careful with that. But Jesus does this, and I think he kind of expects us as his children to understand the difference between living biblically and living Christ-like, because they're not necessarily always the same. And we're going to unpack this in, in, a, in a second. But the Old Testament scriptures are modified by Christ because he is the reality that they were always pointing to. And Jesus, his life, his teachings, his example are the standard which everyone and everyone, including the Bible, must must measure up to and align with. And it cannot be the other way around. This also means that the Old Testament scriptures, which were written by men, were sometimes inspired and sometimes not because Jesus contradicts them. Right. Yeah. So So how can they be inspired if Jesus, yeah, calls them out? How do we know the difference? Well, here's the thing. Again, it's going back to what we said with Jamie Bishop's quote. Um, Jamie Bishop's. 
Oh my Jamie God, Bishop, I can't believe. Bishop Actually, Jamie. what is crazy is I know a Jamie Bishop. That's his name. <laughs> but I also know Bishop Jamie. His quote in uh, The Difference Between Christ-like and Biblical, and we really got to have the distinction between the two, yeah. because basically as we read through Scripture, right, genocide is biblical, loving your enemy is biblical, but only one is Christ-like, hmm. right? Slavery, I can justify slavery. It can be something where I can look up and say slavery is biblical, but also chain breaking and freedom is biblical, but only one is Christ-like. Hmm. Patriarchy is biblical. Countercultural elevation of women is biblical, but only one of those is Christ-like. Retributive violence is biblical, but also grace-filled restoration is biblical, but only one of those is Christ-like. Segregation is biblical. Unity is biblical, but only one of them is Christ-like. You see, Christ is the one who transforms, not the Bible. Is it Christ-like or not? And again, we're not saying that the Bible is not important. Read it, study it, fall in love with it, use it in your life. It's got a lot of great principles, but you also have to recognize that there are certain things that were written for people 2,000 years ago that are not written for us today. There are certain things that people, you know, you can you can find a scripture to justify, justify almost anything, any action. But at the end of the day, the question is it, not necessarily is it biblical, but is it Christ-like? It is what you're trying to do, is it about elevating others? Is it about restoration? Is it about love and unity? And there are four very thought-provoking quotes. Some of these people are biblical scholars. Some of them are just famous people within biblical circles that all have quotes on this topic that we oftentimes miss. One of those guys being C.S. Lewis, which I'll let you read his quote here in a second. But Richard Murray has this really cool revelation when he distinguishes the differences between Saul and Paul, you know, the mm -hmm. same person, and his yep. name was changed. He said, Saul of Tarsus was a biblical literist who weaponized Old Testament scriptures to justify killing Christians, which really happened. Yep. But Paul, same dude, was a biblical allegorist who de-weaponized Old Testament scriptures to conform to the nature of Christ. Why? Because he had a revelation of Jesus. He had an experience with the, the true king. Same guy, different spirit, different season of life, different hermeneutic. Saul worshiped the book, but Paul worshiped the Christ. Right. That's a great example. I love that. And here's what C.S. Lewis writes. He says, it is Christ himself, not the Bible, who is the true word of God. The Bible read in the right spirit and with the guidance of good teachers will bring us to him. We must not use the Bible as a sort of encyclopedia out of which text can be taken for use as weapons. Hmm. And man, that's exactly what happens when we become like biblicans instead of true followers of Jesus. We actually weaponize and we can weaponize the Bible to prove a point and want to be right. And it's why we have what 33,000 plus denominations today, because many people are operating in, um, the biblical world instead of a Christ-like world. Wow. Keith Giles wrote this uh, phrase in one of his recent books. Listen to this. He says, Jesus is the word of God. The Bible is a book. The word of God became flesh, not paper and ink. The word of God speaks to you. The Bible is silent. The word of God lives within you. The Bible doesn't live anywhere. The word of God will never leave you. The Bible can be lost. The word of God died for you and in you. The Bible isn't alive. The Word of God loves you. The Bible does not. The Bible never points us to the Bible. The Bible always points us to Christ. 
read the Bible, but follow Jesus. Yeah. And man, I think if one single phrase I want you to hear us say is that last line, read the Bible, follow Jesus. Yep. Right. And then lastly, Brian Zahn, he actually says this, another great, another great quote. He says, the revelation of God could not be contained in a book, but it could be contained in a human life, the life of Jesus Christ. And man, that is beautiful. It is. And so the point of this podcast wasn't to bring up controversy for controversy's sake. The point of this was to help us understand that your life shouldn't be about living biblical. Your life should be about living like Christ. And the two are not the same. And so we challenge you as the listener, read the Bible, dissect some things, allow your faith to grow, wrestle with some controversy, wrestle with what you believe about God and how Jesus represents the full image of who God is, but who he's always been and who he always will be. Allow yourself to be saturated with the love of Jesus and allow that love to trump, so to speak, what you believe the book says, because sometimes we stand on what we think the book says and it prevents us from loving people who live differently than us. Yeah, I love that. And I, again, I'm going to go back, read the Bible, follow Jesus. And I'm going to add one more thing. Um, I believe it is First uh, John 2, 6. Um, mm-hmm. John writes this. He says, those who claim to live in him or believe in him, meaning Jesus, must live as Jesus did. Those who claim to live in him must live as he lived. And so it's one thing to read the Bible. It's another thing to follow Jesus. And then it's a, another different thing, like a whole nother level to actually live like Jesus did. And that's what we're trying to get at. Be, be somebody who is Christ-like so that they can get a revelation of the Father's love for them. Hmm. And if that means you have to put aside, um, like we talked about earlier, weaponizing certain scriptures that bring division. Let's pick up Jesus and actually bring unity Mm. to our, to our circles, to our friendships and our relationships in life. I love that. I was actually listening to a podcast. I'm going to add this to it, but I was listening to a podcast this morning from Paul White and he was talking about the difference of a plank in your eye. And he said, I used to preach that because, um, I used to think that when I'm calling out the speck in your, it's because, um, I have a plank in mine. He says, that's not what it is. He says, you're, you're calling out the speck because of your plank, because we often, the speck that we see is because it's something in us that we don't like. And he, he was just talking about how loving like Jesus is always restorative. And when you're calling somebody out or like calling out somebody's sin and you don't mm. have a relationship with someone, you're actually operating you're like- You're struggling with something or it's usually, something in you that you yeah. need to get healing in. But he was talking about how that's the spirit of the antichrist is many times people think that they're living biblical because they're setting people straight and calling them out for the things that they're doing in their life. But accusation is a spirit of the Satan, not a spirit of Christ. And so he says you be, should be full of light to the point where you can't see the speck because you understand that you're forgiven and your job is to forgive others and to restore them. And I just yeah. love that thought. It, it plays a Actually, part. Actually, I like that a lot. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And honestly, Corey, I enjoyed today's episode. Um, actually, I had a lot of fun. going through all that. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, again, if you uh, are interested more in this, make sure you check out episode 48, Deconstructing Old Testament Violence, um, and also go out and just continue to live like Jesus and love without limits. And with that, just know that you are loved and there's nothing you can do about it.